broadcasting live from Studio E here down here in Central Florida. I'm your host, Steve Elkins, and this is Off the Beaten Path. Today's date is February 11th, 2024. It's been a full week of news and sound bites and news that is being passed off as real news, much of which I would call the fake news. The time to be vocal is now. Silence is implied consent. Please visit the RBN website for great resource articles for provocative insight and share what you have learned. Go to republicbroadcasting.org. I have a new email address for you. Uh, my other one's full. And it's uh, it's got to be cleaned up a little bit here, so let me give you the new one. It's O-T-B-P, O-T-B-P, Steve at gmail.com. Our call in number is 512-248-8252. Uh, Sam's told me in the control room in Round Rock that I've got a little static problem. I'm not sure. We had some power outage. And uh, maybe I've got a little cross wire here or something. I'm going to have to do some work before next Sunday. We're going we're gonna to do this show anyway. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. I hate to ditch a show for technical issues. Or maybe i just got to use my new computer now. Maybe it's time to fire up the new computer. i got to back up. But I hate to do it now because I have to load a lot of stuff on there. So we're going to just got to go through the show tonight and uh, see if we can figure it out by the time next next Sunday comes around. I uh, first want to start off with some business tonight before going to my regular discussion of topics. Uh, last week, last week's story, I uh, talked about head lice. Apparently a problem down here in Central Florida or Florida all in general in the grade schools. I spoke about the nits, the little nits being able to leap from one person to another using this arched technique of flexation. And uh, I want to tell you that I, I spoke about this, that they're, this is how they actually jump from one person to another. And uh, I want to tell you right now, I was wrong. I was wrong, totally wrong. I did a little research. I remember I first heard this, heard it from my father, and I was a long, long time ago. I was a probably in grade school myself. My dad was talking about head lice in school being a problem. I did not research this. I was a child. I believed my father was telling me the truth. But I did a lot of research since last Sunday's discussion and found out, man, you were way off. Um, the nits move from one person to another by sharing personal items. That's combs, brushes, towels, and get this, yes, hugging hugging. I would assume females are the ones uh, most likely to get this head lice because they're the ones doing the hugging. The boys in grade school, they don't hug. Well, maybe some do. I don't know. Maybe they do. Uh, You know, but basically boys don't hug. They do what they call the fist pump, the fist bump. You know, the fist bump, that's cool. That's pretty hip. So I'm going to tell you tonight, I am eating some crow and it's going to go down a little bit better if I put a little bit of Sweet Baby Ray's on it, one of my favorite barbecue sauces. So I got it wrong about the head lice. Whoever called that in last time, kudos to you. You were right. I was wrong. I'm eating my crow with Sweet Baby Ray's. All right, enough of that. We move on to other items tonight here. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. This has been a busy, busy week. U.S. Supreme Court. We got uh, Joe Biden. Can't remember this. Can't remember that. But uh, we got so much to talk about. Let's let's first uh, talk about something else that's bothered me here. Hold on. Get my little note sheet here. My crib notes. I get crib notes. I kind of like Joe Biden, except you know I can read them and uh, I can interpret it and understand my crib notes. He looks at his crib notes and he's thinking, "What? I'm not sure what this is all about." At least I can read my crib notes. Um, 
the email change told you about that. I'm doing a little debriding in my home. I don't know if you know what debriding means. I'm debriding in my home, my studio office for the last two weeks. I am making great progress. Debriding is a medical term. You may not understand it, but you can also apply it to other things in your home. and You name it, you can apply it to a lot of different things. To debride means to clean out. And in the medical terms, it means to remove the old dead tissue. And you can, again, establish good blood flow to viable tissue here. Uh, Steve, I I love it when you talk medical. (laughs) Well, that's me. 30 years in medicine here. So I've been doing a little debriding, so I'm going to work on my email, clean that up a little bit. And we'll go back to the typical email address I've given you before every show for the last six, seven years. Uh, We'll go back to that one. But uh, I don't know what happened. Uh, Just tons and tons and tons. Of emails and trash emails and junk, you name it, and a lot of articles I've backed up. But um, believe it or not, I've used my space up. I could buy more space, but why do that? Why not just clean it up? So that's what I'll be doing this week. So again, my email address is otbpsteve at gmail.com. Well, today is uh, September 11th, 2024. It is Super Bowl Sunday. I don't really give a damn about football anymore. What I do find quite interesting is that uh, the winning team is called world champions. It's a little bit of arrogance there, don't you think? A little bit of arrogance there, the world champions. I didn't realize the world was competing in football. Not in this kind of football. World soccer, football, yes. World championships. But uh, evidently a little bit of arrogance there, U.S. arrogance there. By, by winning the Super Bowl, you can call yourselves world champions. Well, you're not. Actually, you're national champions. There's nobody in the world playing. You are national champions. But also in baseball, a little bit of arrogance in baseball. Also, we have the World Series, or I like to call the World Serious. The winner calling themselves world champions, but uh, you, you can't just allow Canada into your, your series here and call yourself a World Series. You just have Canada, that's it. No other world teams. No teams outside the country playing in the, uh, the World Series. Just Canada. Again, a little bit of arrogance there. My question is to you is, uh, where, where did this arrogance come from? Where did the arrogance come from? Come from the government? The mentor? The government? I stopped watching football, professional football, many, many years ago. Actually, after my father passed away, because it was a father and son activity, a tradition, to watch the game together. It's something you do with your dad, like working on your car with your dad, washing a car with your dad, maybe going a little... Me time, fishing with your dad, things you do with your father. My father's been gone for five years now, so football really doesn't have, have an interest in me whatsoever. But I had a friend today I was talking about what I was going to talk about today. And we started talking about the Super Bowl. He could care less about the Super Bowl also. and But he made a better point because I kind of forgot about it. I forgot about it. He said I gave up on football when they started, they started to take a knee during the National Anthem. And by the way, there is no such thing as the black national anthem, which I understand they did play or are going to play. Uh, I have not been uh, paying attention. I assume the game has already started. But to, to play the black national anthem, there is no such thing as the black national anthem. I'm going to call that fair and square. There is not one. And don't call me a racist for pointing that out, but it, there is no such thing as the black national anthem. What there is is a national anthem that applies to everybody in America. It is a national 
anthem. Okay, so this nonsense of black national anthem. I mean, this is. I mean, what's next? The pride national anthem before the Super Bowl. Hey, hey, I'm. It, it'll probably happen next year. We continue on with the woke nonsense. Then I can guarantee you it'll probably be happening next 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 uh, Super Bowl. We'll probably have the black national anthem and the pride national anthem back to back. And maybe they'll just exclude the national anthem altogether, our national anthem. But we're all Americans, and I'm sick and tired of this segregation. We're going to have our little piece of pie, and they get their little piece of pie, and then you guys are going to have the leftover pie. I'm a little tired of this. You know, so David was correct, taking the knee, yes. Um, that's another reason to lose interest in professional football. Now we got uh, also footballers, uh, soccer players, lesbian U.S. soccer players, professional soccer players, taking a knee. Disrespecting, not happy with America, finding their place to go then, okay? You're making millions of dollars and you're not happy with America? You know. Well, are you complaining a lot? What are, you, are you complaining about illegal wars? How about that? Complain about illegal wars. No, no. Runaway deficits. Deficit spending. Out of control inflation. Illegals crossing over the border who are criminals who have no idea where they're going and what they may do in the future. Are you complaining about that? Oh, it's an equal rights thing here, a woman's feminism thing, right? You've got no case there. You've got absolutely no case there. Everything's pretty much fair in this country since the 60s with desegregation. Okay? Fair wages, fair this, fair that. And now we've gone a little too far to the other side here, where we're allowing men to dress up as women and say they're women and, and compete against women. An unfair advantage. Maybe go after that. How about that? Go after that. But if you're not happy with this country and you're not happy with making millions of dollars, then get the hell out of here. Find a place to go. You've got it pretty damn good here. And Colin Kaepernick... Yeah, you think you can go to uh, to the African Football League and make the money you made? Well, first of all, there's no African Football League. But I guarantee you, if you went to Africa and pulled this garbage, this crap here, of taking a knee for the National Anthem of Africa, you'd probably find yourself in a prison. You'd probably find yourself in a prison. So again, this, this little bit of arrogance here in the sporting world, I don't know where it came from. Maybe it's just mimicking government, their arrogance, that they think they can do whatever they want also. I don't know. I have no idea. Now, I actually wouldn't even know that we actually had the Super Bowl this weekend if it was not for a story this week that uh, pretty much told me, hey, something's coming up. Oh, it must be Super Bowl. It's February. It's got to be the Super Bowl. But I wouldn't even thought about it. I was so consumed with so many things this week, I wouldn't even thought about Super Bowl weekend. But there was a story in the news where the mainstream media decided to cherry-pick and find some young 8- or 9-year-old boy and paint him as a racist because he had a headdress on and he had blackface. Well, he really didn't have blackface. He had half a blackface wearing a headdress. But if you turned into face you, he actually had a red face half, blackface half, and he wears, was wearing a headdress. He happened to be a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Wow. He'll figure that, right? 
figure that. But they tried to paint him as blackface racist. Well, I don't know any black people who wear a headdress. Again, this whole thing was scripted for the story to paint this kid, little kid as a racist, maybe paint his, his parents as a bunch of white supremacist racists also. But uh, thank God we can actually go to the courts instead of the score on this one here, as there is a lawsuit against whoever did the story in the network, the newspaper that actually printed us. I think it was the New York Post that actually did the story. And I would fire this guy. You would never work in journalism ever again, painting the story of racism on a little boy. Fire this guy, you'd never work again. You'd be, uh, you'd be saying, is that, uh, would you like uh, ketchup and mustard with that also? That's what, that would be your next job you'd never work in journalism ever again flat out um again the defamation character of character lawsuit going forward and i hope they win i hope they're like kyle rittenhouse they really sock it to him and make some big money now we have true defamation of character lawsuits out there really where somebody really defames you and tries to hurt your reputation and then you got frivolous frivolous ones that are meaningless that are, are they're just flat out a fallacy like e Jean carroll's defamation of character lawsuit against Donald Trump and giving a huge reward, finding a crooked judge and finding a, a rigged jury to give her, what, $148 million? Something like that. Uh, or that was that the was 148 was that for, I think that was against, take it back, I think that was the judgment, the reward for Giuliani. Uh, I think she got $63 million for uh, her, her lie of a story here being bought up bought by the jury and rewarding her greatly beyond the 24 million that they actually had planned to sue for. Um, thank God for appeals, appeal, appeal, appeal. And uh, this is the woman here. The, uh, again, if they treated this, this trial here against Donald Trump and allowed him to present his case, kind of look at the same situation as the OJ Simpson trial where he had the best of lawyers and they presented all the evidence. Uh, yeah, they got a, a guilty guy off. But if he was actually seriously innocent, they did their job to present all the evidence where Donald Trump, uh, his attorneys could not present all the evidence. The uh, jury never heard uh, rape is sexy. Rape is sexy. This crazy lunatic of a woman, author, Eugene Carroll, telling Anderson Cooper that rape is sexy. Rape is about sex and control. It is not sexy. Had the jury heard that, would they have still come to the same decision, the, the same uh, agreement to reward this crazy lunatic of a woman, $63 million? Would they have done that? Well, if they had done that, still, after hearing that, you know this is a bought-off jury, no doubt about it. But, uh, I mean, they didn't get to hear the important details to this, to this uh, lawsuit on the Trump side. They did not get fair representation, the Trump team. They did not. Um. Something else happened today, well, that happened a couple of days ago. I'm rather bothered by it, but I'm going to mention it, that um, a disagreement, I always talk about my, my circle of trust, my, my circles of friends, is very small. And it's become smaller over the last three years since COVID started. I was pretty good before that. And then suddenly COVID, differences of COVID, Differences in politics, you name it, topic. Has had people abandon me. And I've always believed I may not agree with somebody, may not agree with you, but I'll disagree with you with respect. 
to you as a person. And this individual that's in my circle of trust of friends, as John would say, I got sucker punched. I got sucker punched this week. I'm going to go to the story of, I'm going to talk this next section. I want to talk a little bit about blind patriotism, blind patriotism. Just believing what you're told by the government and going along forward and never really doing your homework or researching anything. Just It's called blind patriotism. And with that term in, in, in mind, I'm, I would be talking about something that happened shortly after September 11, 2001, in country star, I guess you can call him a star, country music artist, Toby Keith. Well, Toby Keith put out a, a song right after, pretty much right after the 9-11 attacks, attacking the enemy the enemy that he was told was an enemy. Of course, he heard this through the United States government. And uh, the story is, you know, it's courtesy of the red, white, and blue, the angry American. And uh, if I could find the sheet here real quick here of the, the actual lyrics. Uh, yeah, here it is. Here it is. Courtesy of the red, white, and blue, the angry American. The lyrics. Justice will be served and the battle will rage. This big dog will fight when you rattle his cage. And you'll be sorry that you messed with the U.S. of A. Because we'll put a boot up your ass. It's the American way. I have an issue with that. I don't like arrogance. Uh, how many times have we seen somebody blame be called the guilty party? We point a finger of blame. And we carry out our vengeance on somebody to later on find out, hey, we screwed up. We got the wrong people. Happens all the time. It happens all the time under the U.S. government. Flat out, it happens all the time. They're like a lying, cheating ex-wife. You can't trust them. You have to do your homework. You have to do your own, your own research. Uh, it is something you should do. Uh, never take the word of the United States government. Flat out, they've been caught too many times lying to you. It's your due diligence to investigate, to research for yourself, and come up with your own uh, conclusion. We've been lied way too many times. I mean, how many times have I said here that the time to be vocal is now, silence is implied consent? You know, and I, I actually talked to a, a church group last week, and I didn't really shock her, but I said, do you understand why we got how we got where we are today? Do you understand how we got here where we are today with everything being so screwed up? Do you understand this? It's one word. She looked kind of puzzled. I said, one word brought us to this point right now, and it's called tolerance. What is tolerance? Well, she said, it's accepting you don't something you don't agree with. Exactly. Putting up with, she said. Exactly right. Putting up with something you don't agree with. It's called tolerance. Well, with tolerance over time comes acceptance. These groups that have targeted the religious the re religious organizations were pretty smart to use that little word tolerance to break their will and to allow them to accept this. And along with that, after that agenda has been accepted over time, we'll throw a new agenda at you and we'll still use the same word because we're still running on the uh, the tailcoat of tolerance. We're still running on the tailcoat code called tolerance. It's tolerance, 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 and then, therefore, you must accept this and this and this. And over time, tolerance becomes acceptance. So she understood that. So I'm working at maybe a, a big church group here gathering, 
here locally in Central Florida to a Presbyterian church, I believe. Not too bad, it's Lutheran. And uh, I think they, they understand, so we like what you have to say. Gave a few cards out. Hopefully they're tuned in tonight. But, uh, yeah, tolerance got us in this huge mess. So going back to Toby Keith and his arrogance of writing the song, nothing personal against Toby. He passed away from stomach cancer. I'm sorry for that. Uh, no ill will. But I disagree with you when it comes down to politics, especially on this issue. The Dixie Chick stood up and called out George W. Bush's lie and uh, called out uh, the essentially a genocide going on here. People were victimized and blamed for something they didn't do. And I wonder, looking back, if, if Toby Keith ever learned out before he passed on, did he ever learn about the PNAC document, the Project for a New American Century? Did he ever learn about this document? The blueprint that would take America to the Middle East. An attack that would be, have to be horrific, horrific, of a Pearl Harbor nature. If this happened to us, we would have reason to launch a war on the Middle East. Did he actually, did he ever know this about this document, the PNAC document? Did he ever know that Dick Cheney went behind closed doors with the energy committees, the big oil companies? And talked about how they're going to split up the pie, the piece of pie. You know, you remember the whole operation was called uh, Iraqi. What was it? Operation Iraqi Liberation. That's what it was. Operation Iraqi Liberation. Hey, guess what? That spells oil. Isn't that cool? You think these idiots actually knew that? That's what they thought about. No, but it really it came back to haunt them a little bit enough that they changed it right away. We can't have this because it looks like we want the oil. So I want to get back in commercial break here. We're going to get back to my story of uh, uh, being, I guess, losing somebody in my circle of trust, my friendship. And uh, again, this is about uh, a little bit of arrogance and not respecting an opinion. Stay tuned. tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Hey there, are you going to wait till the cows come home to get your new ease-off drop-and-lift? What in the world is an ease-off drop-and-lift? Our Ease-Off is a new tool to increase production for your meat processing company that will get that whole hog or half a beef on or off your rail with our remote control. That sounds great, but can I afford it? Sure, and the Ease-Off installs fast. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue, speed up your line, and increase profits. Okay, I'm convinced. Where can I get my Ease-Off? Go to easeoff.com. That's E-A-Z-E-O-F-F dot com. And hurry because we're offering free shipping for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. Cows, too. EaseOff, LLC, 417-932-6419. 
Are you sick of censorship? TLB Talk is the cure. TLB stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. Here's some interesting news. Due to all the recent claims about possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest, people are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard, and 3dbunkers.com shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube 3DBunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3DBunkers.com for more details or visit 3DBunkers.com.
examine. I've been talking about some issues here. And I was explaining. I was explaining to Sam a little bit here what was going on here with my um, my circle of trust here. Uh, losing more friends because of uh, my opinions. Um, I don't know. Like I said, I respect people's opinions. I may disagree with you. I respect you. Um, I feel like I got gut punched. Uh, John Stadmiller used to use that, that term quite often. I got gut punched from people you don't expect. So we're getting back to this little feud here. Again, the Dixie Chicks had with Toby Keith. You think, uh, and the Dixie Chicks actually were pretty smart, i got to admit. These country girls were pretty dang smart. They figured it out. They figured out the lies of George W. Bush. And they brought it to the attention of a lot of people, which uh, got them canceled. Before we even knew of the term called cancellation, these girls were canceled in the business and uh, because they didn't go along with the narrative. And now we find out, well, the narrative, how long did, did it take us to find out that the narrative uh, was a lie? It didn't take long. We figured it out, you know. Uh, but, you know, what's done is done, I guess. The people say what's done is done. I don't, I don't like that. As an answer, I don't like what's done is done, and that's the past. Because if we don't learn from our past, we'll make the same mistakes in the future. So my friend and I, he texted me something. He kind of threw something in my face about my cancer, deciding to take the chemotherapy treatment. And uh, basically saying, well, you're throwing stones. You should be careful throwing stones when you did this. Well, my situation, calling out terrorism and who are the responsible parties in terrorism is a hell of a lot different than deciding what treatment I'm going to have for cancer or no treatment. I mean, I look back, we're coming up on the, on the year since I went in the hospital very, very sick and not knowing what was wrong with me. I thought I had myocarditis, actually. And I don't even know how I would have gotten that. But uh, if you're around a lot of vax people, maybe, maybe it's possible. So I'm thinking I've got myocarditis, inflammation around the heart. My heart's not doing uh, the right things. My blood pressure is dropping. My heart rate is rising. I look terrible. I'm losing weight. Uh, no idea. Something's going wrong here. Let's get me in the hospital. Boom. They look at me right away and say, this guy is really sick. He actually walked in here, put him in the wheelchair. Let's get him over to CT scan. Let's do some x-rays. Let's do a lot of blood work. And finding out uh, I was right on the edge in my blood work, so low, a hemoglobin and hematocrit, that probably another day, I probably would have, my heart was already jumping around having problems because there's not, a, not enough blood volume. I probably might have had a cardiac arrest the following week if I had waited an extra week. So they know there's something wrong. we got to figure out why he's bleeding. Where is he bleeding? We don't know. So we got to go in there. We see something uh, we're, actually, we're, we decided to do something. The lungs look fine. We actually need something. Uh, we need to do a, a colonoscopy, an upper and a lower. So take me in. The upper's fine. The lower, there's your problem area. There's your leak. There's your blood right there. Leaking from right here. What is that? Well, I worked in this area before, about a year or so. And when you come out of the procedure and you look at the girls, the techs, and you say, hey, what'd you guys find? You know, anything interesting? A polyp, did you find anything? Um, the doctor will be right in to talk to you. As soon as you get that answer back, you know it's not good. They don't want to tell you the news. So the doctor coming back and saying, yes, we found an abnormal area. It was about uh, seven centimeters. 
it's cancerous. We know it just by look. I remember that look. I remember uh, working in that area, and I tell the doctor, pull the scope back, pull it back. Stop. Stop. Clear the, clear the lens. Yep, look at that right there. Boom. I know what cancer looks like on a colonoscopy. So it was a good size, and I thought, well, okay, what am I going to do? Meet with the surgeon. Surgeon comes in. All this stuff happens so fast. I never caught up, really. It was just happening so fast. Well, we know what's happening here. You need blood. Okay, you need blood. We need to do the surgery, cut the cancer out. And, oh, by the way, next to the cancer itself are seven lymph nodes that were positive for cancer. Well, if you understand the lymph system, that the cancer gets in the lymph system, it travels to all the other lymph sites and maybe actually attack an organ here and there. There's a good chance I would either go to bone or I go to lung. So had there not been lymph nodes affected with the cancer, I would have said you chop it out, you cut it out, boom, put it all back together. We're good, right? Yep. Pretty much how it works. It's those darn lymph nodes. So what do I do? Well, first of all, we got the first problem. First problem is you're bleeding still and you need blood. We can't take you to surgery with your with your blood counts being so low. We got to take you to surgery. All right. So I need blood. Red flag. Red, I need blood. What's going on lately? We talked about here on the, on the on the network. Tainted blood because of the vaccination for COVID and the boosters. So now we know that the Red Cross has actually decided, at least last time I heard, had decided to separate vaccinated and unvaccinated blood because there's something wrong. Spike protein, clots. So now I got this problem. Am I going to get good blood or am I going to get bad blood because the system's not in place quite yet to distinguish between unvaccinated and vaccinated blood? So I'm like here laying in bed going, what do I do? What do I do? I need the blood. I have to have the blood. I can't have the surgery unless I get the blood. And if I don't get the blood, sooner or later I am going to have a cardiac arrest. I don't have enough circulating blood to carry oxygen to the organs. I might be in trouble here. So I'm on the, my phone texting, finally calling and then texting Dr. Peter McCullough. Told him I'm in a bad situation. Here it is fast in, in one minute or less. Cancer, need blood, surgery. I'm worried about the blood. He writes me back immediately. He says, Steve, take the blood. I think the, uh, the COVID blood has been washed out. They've stopped it. They recognize now. So... There's a good chance you're going to get good blood. You need the blood. And uh, you can't go forward with any other treatments until you get the blood. Wife and I prayed. Prayed with a couple nurses, friends. Throw the dice. Let's do it. I took uh, three units of packed cells. They watched me every day. Checked my blood. I had, I think, 16 or 24 blood draws. All through the day and night, they would come in and, oh, blood, phlebotomy. I just throw my arm outside my sheet, and I got so used to being stuck like a pin cushion that that didn't even bother me anymore. It's kind of strange to be that sick, to not even care about getting stuck, 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 and having blood draws. Well, my blood finally stabilized a little bit high enough. They said we can do the surgery now. They did the surgery. And after the surgery in my room, I wake up from, you know, I'm pretty much awake now. The anesthesia's worn off. And now I get another person in my room, oncologist, talking about our next step. 
chemotherapy. While I wouldn't recommend it if you didn't have the the lymph nodes infected uh, with the cancer, but they were. So it's my, in my judgment, the best the best solution is to do chemotherapy. We'll do an oral and an IV. Uh, we'll we'll dose it to your body, your BMI, and uh, we'll watch it for a period of three months. Chemo for three months, not too bad. Most people I know did chemo did six months or more. Only going to do three months. We got it all. No traces of it, but those lymph nodes worry me. They worry me too. So we decided to go the route of the chemotherapy, the oral agent and the IV agent, only because of the um, lymph nodes. So to have this thrown in my face that you should have gone naturopathic and you should have done this and that, you know, I would love to. If I had a trial that I there was no loser but to do naturopathic and trial these things that people keep saying work work for cancer and your cancer will be gone and if they're wrong and I had an opportunity to actually do it the right way and kill the cancer cells but I'm going to die because I did naturopathic dying at 62 years old because I decided to go naturopathic and not take the advice of somebody who was actually you know in the area of expertise to give me the right, the right, uh, the right choices. He didn't push it. It's your choice. But if it comes back, this is where it goes. It goes to lung or to bone, bone cancer. And I had this in a number of five days, five days to decide the surgery and everything, all the blood and everything else, five days to decide. And then they start setting me up already for when the port would go in. I'd have to have a special IV port put into my chest which the chemo would run through. I did all right, I guess. I did not fulfill the complete scheduled IVs for the chemotherapy. Started getting peripheral neuropathy problems, and I finally said, you know, I, I can't go any further with it. If we go further with it, I'll probably not be able to walk, or I'll be walking with a cane. I'll be a, a handicap. So let's uh, – I've decided – my own decision, my wife and I discussed it. decision was to stop the IV completely. They said we can do that or we can decrease the dosage of the IV and try that and still and de- decrease the dosage on your pill form also. I said, no, no more IV. I'm done with that. We'll do the pill form at a lower, much lower dosage. I'll finish the regimen out for the next couple weeks. We're done. And then every three months I have to do a blood draw for cancer markers which I had drawn on Thursday, this last Thursday. I've had, uh, so far, the first one's negative, and, and I expect this one, actually the last two are negative. I expect this to be negative also. I hope it's negative. But I'm not going to put a port back in. I'm never going to go the route of doing the IV ever again. I've been talking to another physician about starting maybe um, ivermectin. We're finding out that ivermectin is, is very successful in many types of cancers and go on a regimen for maybe six months, a year of ivermectin. It's going to be a difficult call because physicians are now told they can't use medications off-label. Even though they might be beneficial and successful, physicians are being watched and controlled and monitored closely by the boards. 
And so uh, they're afraid. They're still afraid, even though they, they're on the right path, that you can use a lot of different medications off-label for different diseases. But uh, the problem is it's ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine are being targeted by the government. So we'll see what happens. Uh, like I said, I think this is going to be a negative, but I still think about maybe doing the ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine as some kind of protocol for the next six months, maybe a year. We'll see. Um, but I, I am disappointed to have something thrown in my face, something that serious of a, of a situation here of do it or don't do it or or die. Um, I'm sucker punched. I, I would have never seen that coming, and I'm disappointed in this individual. I'm very disappointed in him. Um, in friendship, you respect decisions made, and you don't throw things in their face to make an example. Like I said, a totally different scenario between Toby Keith and writing the uh, Put a Boot Up Your Ass song, that bit a little bit of arrogance, and getting it all wrong. As uh, the Dixie Chicks got it all right, the, the killing of hundreds of thousands of civilian Iraqis and Afghans, chasing the bad guy, by the way, the bad guy, Osama bin Laden, and Al-Qaeda, which were created by the CIA to be their boogeyman, an excuse to chase into every country they want. You think Toby Keith ever learned that before he passed on? This segment talking about blind patriotism, I want people to start thinking about things when you're told something. <coughs> we have a personal duty to research and not just believe what we are told. Critical thinking. What you see should match the narrative. What you should see should match the narrative. If it does not, then you must disregard what you have been told and search for the truth yourself. Don't fall into that trap of blind patriotism. You're a patriot. If you don't go along with us, you're against us. Don't fall for that. Why would anyone actually really believe it or not? Why would anyone take the word of government, of what they say, the gospel truth. Why would they? I have no idea. The government who is against your faith, your religion, should not receive your full attention. When someone has a pattern, a pattern as long as they do, in telling you lies, then why would you go back and believe them? Like I said, the cheating wife, she is caught. Oh, it's the first time I ever cheated on you. Deceiving you for a period of time, you find out about it, and you're supposed to just forget it, move on, take her back. I don't think so. God gave you a brain. Use it. Ask questions and expect logical, rational answers to your questions. Now, the dodging of the question or the immediate attacking of you or trying to label you is a dead giveaway, they are lying to you. It's a dead giveaway. If you can answer the question, actually, you know, it, it works in their favor. If you can answer the question and make them look like a fool, they would do it. They can't debate you, so they decide to label you in order to shut you down and keep you, keep you silent. It doesn't work on me. And again, another one I lose in my circle of trust of friends it is smaller, 
but I stand for something. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. I ask questions when questions need to be asked. And I expect answers, rational, logical answers. And I'm not going to go away. I'm not going to go away. Let's take our first caller tonight. Chance in West Virginia, welcome to the show. Yeah, hello, Steve. Can you hear me? Yep, hear you fine. Yeah, I didn't want to call, but uh, when you mentioned your situation, like I told you, the floodgates open up for me because I've been through that too, you know? You know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, they took out lymph nodes with me yeah. underneath my underarm. Right. Uh, just like, you know, with you, a uh, bunch mm-hmm. of them. And, uh, but the reason I called is this, what a lesson I've learned going through cancer 18 years ago. The biggest lesson of my life, it doesn't surprise me about this guy. It's easy for these people to talk and make these comments, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have no idea what ever it is to go through cancer. I've been through it all, Steve. I was down to 78 pounds. And a, what was it, a 24-inch waist, 23-inch waist. I got the stares from people. I had to endure the stares. And then I lost all my hair. You know, that the stares you get, this is what I've gotten. Uh, I had to deal with that. I had to deal with uh, a lot of horrible things. But I made it through. But let me tell you, there's some good things, too. Want to hear a story? Yeah, no. tell me something. almost story. similar to yours. Okay. There was one okay. guy that couldn't stand me, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I had the cancer, uh, so I had to get away from work. And uh, I ran into this SOB in a supermarket like a year later after the cancer, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And you should have seen the look on his face, the look of terminal shock, like he couldn't believe I was alive. Yeah. I loved it. I said to myself, yeah, you POS, I'm alive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a shame, but, you know, people have no idea. It's tough. Uh, It's tough to be in those shoes. And that's why, actually, that's what I said to him. That's exactly what I said to him. If you were in my shoes, I'm pretty certain you would have done the same thing. If you were in my shoes. Most people are cold, Steve. Very few people. I tell you, I've endured it all. Uh, and I don't like talking about this, but you mentioned it. And like I said, the memories come flooding back and how I dealt with it, how I survived, I don't know. But I'm here, you know. But I remember uh, uh, the indignities, and it was all because of people. Yeah. It was all because of people. Just yeah. leave me alone and let me battle. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Chance. So much was thrown at me. So much it was oh. thrown at me so fast. It was a major head game, a major psychological experience yeah, here. In other words, Steve, they add, yeah. they add to it. That's the problem. The only right, ones right. that don't add to your misery are the people who really yeah. care about you. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And, I agree. Uh, Do you know what? Here's here's the situation here, Chance. Um, I was thrown into this so fast. And trying to figure out what to do next to my wife. I'm looking at my wife. My mother is freaking out. She thinks her son's going to die. My daughter, you know, things I, I haven't accomplished yet I want to accomplish. And it just caught me all off guard. Everything happened so fast. And then I'm in the middle. I say, okay, we're going to do this. 
and then it's not going so well. The treatment's not going so well. The, the side effects, I'm not crazy about it, but it's got to kill the cancer cells. And I'm trying to put up with it, trying to do the best I can. I finally realized, I said, I, I can't do this anymore. i got to stop. But you know what? When I went into the cancer center in Orlando, I had to drive out to Orlando for the cancer center there. I'll be honest with you. Walking to that hospital was a major head thing with me. I walked in. And in the lobby downstairs, I was up on the eighth floor. My, my treatments were on the eighth floor. I walk in, and I'm waiting for my time to go upstairs. And the lobby is full of people with masks on. And we're not talking about COVID masks. They're wearing masks because they're immunocompromised, and any little thing can, can take them down. And uh, in the second hour, I want to talk about this. we got more calls coming in. I'd love to hear from on. you tonight. Five can I hold on for another comment? Yes, you can. 248-8252. Second hour coming up. Stay tuned. of Jewish power is the ability to prevent the discussion of Jewish power. Jewish power requires anybody in politics to understand it and know about it, but never talk about it. My awakening really sums up with the very best evidence, the facts and the truth about race and the fact that race drives history and the truth about the Jewish question. The younger you get, the greater the percentage of people who identify as alphabet soup, you know, LGBTQ, RS. This woman, she's like, oh, yeah, I identified as a koala two years ago. And I'm like, what? A koala? What? Maybe if it was quickie koala, that might be cool, but otherwise, no. How about an inward pass? Have you ever received an inward pass from any of your black friends? Biden invited a drag queen to come for the signing of the Respect for Marriage Act. It's a Respect for Anal Sex Act. So, you know, I mean, let's, let's just call it like it is. The Patrick and Jeremy Show, Tuesday at 9 Central and Wednesday at 1 Central. This is RBN, the Republic Broadcasting Network.